Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like Joan Collins delving into a vat of champagne. This week I had Australian comic Sarah Bonetto. We chatted Joan Collins' smell. She met her recently. Comedy and performing in Australia on the Edinburgh Fringe. Enjoy. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio. My Plus One is in the studio. Let me tell you a little bit about her to create some tension. (laughs) Behind the scenes of radio. Sarah Bonetto is a stand-up from Melbourne, now based in London. You can catch her doing her solo shows at the Edinburgh Fringe every year, music festivals, comedy clubs, and she can also be heard on BBC Radio 4, Glastonbury Backstage Radio, and NTS's Mixtape. She's the host of Storytellers Club, the cult comedians telling stories comedy club. Let's welcome her. Sarah Bonetto. Hello. There she is. Hello. How are you, Samantha Baines? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming in the studio. Uh, You're more than welcome. I was nearby, but let's pretend I've come all the way from Melbourne. <laughs> I didn't know you were nearby. She <laughs> flown in. Melbourne. <laughs> Thank you. That's the sort of uh, clout that this show has. People yep. fly in, probably. Yep, I would. Uh, so how have you been? Tell me about your week. I've been wonderful, um, but as we discussed off air, um, I am very, very tired and I have a mountain of comedy admin, mm. um, which goes on behind the scenes to create the art that we create, Samantha Baines. <laughs> that looks so effortless. <laughs> I know. So the problem is I went on tour with another lovely comedian called Beck Hill um, for a week. Who's been on the show. She is marvellous. And I'm sure you're one alumni. Yeah, that's great. Um, you get a little badge, I believe, and a mortar yep. board when you graduate from Baines Plus One. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's in Baines Plus One Club. Um, but, yeah, she, we went on tour through the West Country and Wales uh, last week, I think it was, and now I've come home to a mountain of emails and I'm not on top of it. If any of you are listening, I am so sorry. Any of the people that have emailed me, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. I'm sure they're all listening. Like, what is she doing? Because she's not replying to my email. And I did promote this radio show to say, hey, I'm just about to appear. And I'm sure that some of the people I owe emails to are like, what the heck is going on? And they've tuned in just so they can tweet you and be like, tell Sarah she needs to get back to us about this festival or whatever. Um, And and you you can. Tweet me at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S, and I'll pass on your admin email requests. Angst. (laughs) (laughs) So also, I saw on the Facebook that you met someone quite cool. Oh my Are we allowed to talk about it? Yeah, we can talk about it. (gasps) I want to talk about it. Who did you meet like last week? I met Joan Collins. (gasps) I was so jealous. Oh my God. She's incredible, Samantha. So basically, um, my friend is a French actor and he's in this movie with her. So we went to like the secret uh, cast and crew screening the other day and I was like, "Uh, I'm literally here as nobody. I'm just his plus one. Let's have a great time. Ooh, free bar, you say. That sounds good. (laughs) And I'm waiting in the foyer to get a wristband to go to the party and I I feel this nudge on my back and someone storms past like smashes into me with their bag and pushes me past and I'm like how rude and I turn around and it is Joan Collins and she just keeps walking and doesn't apologise and I'm like yes right on brand <laughs> like if she had been apologetic I'd be disappointed it was amazing and then later we had drinks with her and did photos and oh my god it was so good did you say to her initially Joan you did shove me out the way but no I'll let you off no I, I just I was like just beaming <laughs> Just like, I love you. Yeah. Did she, did you smell her? I always ask people this. 
when they meet someone cool because I like the smells of people. I think people have different odour. I and feel like she was shrouded in this sort of like warm, rich perfume. I can't remember. But she had a kind of austere vibe. Okay. You know, she exactly like you would hope and expect. Big fur hat indoors because, of course, I'm Obviously. Joan Collins and do what I like. Yeah. Um, lots of makeup, very glam, um, tiny waist, like just so, you know, well turned out as well. Like Lovely you could tailoring. Pick her up and throw her across the room. Oh, I'd love to. Sorry, that wasn't an invitation, was it? I thought it was. <laughs> when are we doing it? Samantha, we lock this in? Yeah, after the show. Great. And um, then we're going to also record it and put it out as a podcast. I should say as iTunes. well, I watched the film and she was very good. Was she? Very good. Well, she's uh, been in the industry for a very long time. Yeah, and I did not expect this sort of film from her. It was called The Time of Their Lives, British film, sort of set in France, um, co-pro, I think. But she's in it with Pauline Collins, no relation, but they are an incredible duo. And I have to say, I watched the end of that film and I was like, oh, this is a solid pass of the Bechdel test. There are two is women. It? They have conversations that are not about a man and they are both named characters. And I was like, yes, high five. It's also a very poignant film. I liked it. It was oh. like Thelma and Louise for a new generation. Well oh. done, Joan Collins. Mm. Pay I me mean, later, Joan, <laughs> for the promo. I still want to know more about how she smelled, but maybe I'll ask you <laughs> off air. Bains plus one. Hurrah, it's Baines Plus One. I'm back on Hoxton Radio. It's me, Samantha Baines, and the brilliant Sarah Bonetto. Hello, Samantha Baines. She's here, all the way from Australia. Uh, I know, it is great. I have to say <laughs> thank you to um, London for providing a smattering of what feels like snow. Yes. It's not snow, it's not even sleet, but there's something going on out there. It's that cold. It's pretty exciting. Um, things are about to hot up, though, Sarah, because it's time for the quick fire round. Okay, I'm ready. Have you ever been in a quick fire situation previously? Um, uh, I, I guess so. Yeah, sure I have. And <laughs> I do a lot of improv, so yeah. Oh, that's um, quick fire. Also, I've had three coffees. I'm so ready. <laughs> Caffeined up. Okay, well, we've got new quick fire round music. So here we go to create some tension. The quick fire round. Oh, my God. Do you feel tense? Yes, I feel like that was the right BPM for this. <laughs> Here we go, Sarah Bonetto. This is your quick fire round, starting now. Tea or coffee? Coffee, always. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Koalas or kangaroos? Mmm, koalas. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Car or train? Train, always. City or country? Ooh, a uh, city. Pen or pencil? Pen. Tim Tams or penguins? Uh, Tim Tams. Chocolates or crisps? Crisps. Half empty or half full? Full. Snakes or spiders? Oh, God, spiders. Rugby or Aussie rules football? Uh, AFL. (laughs) Aussie rules, fine. You confuse me with the abbreviation, Sarah. (laughs) Love an acronym. TV or radio? Uh, Radio. Ketchup, put it in the cupboard or the fridge? Oh, I know. I've had it in the cupboard, but fridge. Quick fire round. Fridge, fridge. I've got fridge. <laughs> Adventurous or cautious? Adventurous. Jaffa cakes, cakes or biscuits? Cakes. You passed. Yes. Um, you took your time there. You I know, and I know that there was some... But yeah. I'll let you off. Um, I, I quite like an acronym. It, it um, yeah, AFL, yeah. How does Aussie rules football chain it just sounds like you're being 
like Australia rules football. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it was no coincidence we called it that. Okay. <laughs> How does it differ from rugby? Should I know this? Yeah, so we've got the same kind of oblong-shaped ball. Uh, you piff it around. Uh, a goal piff is it. worth piff it around. Yeah, is that a technical term? Uh, yeah, to piff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it like Puff the Magic Dragon? Um, piff was his best friend. Yes, that's right. And um, a goal is worth six points and a point is worth one point. Confused? You should be. Okay. <laughs> I am. Great. Also, use your hands. So a lot of, like, my friends who are into football over here, so soccer, are very furious that we call it football in Australia, but you can use your hands. It's not okay. But there's rules about how you can use your hands. You catch it with your hand, hold the oblong facing forward and kick it. So, you, yeah. And there's another so thing called a hand like pass where you punch the ball, like, poof. I mean, I'm doing mime on radio. That's not great. but <laughs> <laughs> It's helping me understand. Thank you. <laughs> and that's what's important. So a couple more questions. Don't have to be as quick fire. Mm-hmm. The one thing you couldn't live without? Music. Love it. I'm so into music. You do love yeah. music. What's I, your favourite genre of music? We've been talking about this. Oh, God. Well, see, Bronsky Beat brought this on. I am a big fan of a genre I've invented called danceable misery. Um, it's like melancholy, but it's got to have a sick beat, something that I can, like, <laughs> dance around with a hairbrush in my bedroom too, but with a serious face. Oh, my God, I'm so intense. <laughs> I like serious face. Yeah, so a bit synth, of a pout. 80s alternative synth, New Order, Depeche Mode, all that kind of stuff. And contemporary stuff, like electro, like a lot of hot chip is kind of a bit yeah. sad, but, like, dancey. Yeah. Hot chip is my university days all over. Mm. Um, you asked me this question. I said my favourite genre of music is getting <laughs> sloshed and losing control. That music. is Absolutely perfect. And I have to say, we need to go out together and do those two things to that music. I do. Yeah, but if you do a sort of like intense pouty face, I do a sort of like growl face when I, I mean, lose control. That is so great. When I'm busting out my moves. So I like that our target market of people who are admiring us in the club is totally different. Yeah. There's no like, there's no competition there because like all the intense goth weirdos will keep me going, that chick's nailing it. And all the like party guys are like, get that girl some shots. <laughs> to you she's growling at me Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that's what i go for that's how i attracted my husband phase plus one hoxton radio love a bit of hot chip we did some dancing to that didn't we sarah bonetta we did i was intense uh and you were growly <laughs> <laughs> we've done a boomerang and we're trying to post it on the social medias at the moment let but down by technology at yeah, the moment yeah. it's just cutting our heads off but which is actually quite funny <laughs> yeah, like, you're getting a lot of hip who? action there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always do hip action. Uh, you're listening to Bays Plus One on Hoxton Radio. Sarah Bonetto, my plus one. It's time for your interview proper. Good day to you. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into comedy, please? How um, did all this come about? Way back many moons ago, I entered a comedy competition in Melbourne and I did my first ever, ever, ever five-minute spot like of ideas, just read off a scrap of paper, bullet points. Lovely. I wasn't really sure what kind of stand I mean, I'd seen a lot of stand-up, but I wasn't sure what my stand-up was. And it yes. appears that my stand-up was lots of bullet points and very surreal. <laughs> oh, yeah, bullet point paste stand-up. Yeah. yeah. We're like, oh, hello, here's one idea, then another, then another. Are you on board with any of these? Okay, cool. Um, and then what happened was I made it to, like, the state finals of this comedy competition in Australia. And Is it did- this raw comedy? Yeah, that's in right. In 2002. Oh. Ah. 
I see. Someone's done their research. Giving it context. And what happens is, and this is really interesting, because I'm not sure that competitions suit everyone or it's necessarily the correct avenue for a new person doing stand-up. Mm. Um, there are many different schools of thought on that. Um, I think it's not for me. But but what happened was I didn't really progress any further than that, but by the point I'd done these three or four gigs, a lot of bookers and industry had been in the audience were like, hey, we like what you do, come and do some short spots at our comedy club. And then I was like, oh, oh it appears like I'm doing this now. So I became, I started getting bookings and then I went from five-minute spots to ten-minute spots to one-hour shows to whatever and then but touring how around. Did, how did the idea come about to enter that competition? Oh, isn't that interesting? Um, uh, Had you ever done any comedy before? I loved uh, a group from Australia called the Doug Anthony All-Stars when I was a kid and I used to sneakily stay up in my living room and watch them. They were like dark and alternative and they often reference like art and philosophy and stuff. In there. It was very weird, like really cool stuff. Um, and I, uh, yeah, used to watch their show and I'd seen a few bits and bobs and a lot of stuff on telly. I used to go to this quiz at university um, run by three male comics. Um, I like to give them a term, male comics. If we insist <laughs> upon using this term female, yeah. then we also have that qualifier. Mm. So these three male comedians, like they're very good for male comedians though. Good yeah. on them, bless them. Someone should give them a shot. Um, at this quiz with my uni friends, they used to say to me, the guys who hosted this, oh, my God, you're really funny. You should try stand-up. And that was very generous and nice like of them to say that. But, I mean, that, no, does not a comedian make, does it? Not <laughs> yeah. all. We've all met funny people and then, you, oh, God. And who were like, oh, you're a comedian. I could do that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And then you're okay. like, let's try that. Give it a go. Yeah, so they convinced me to enter and I entered and that's sort of how it happened. Isn't it funny that I needed men to tell me to do it? I, do you know what? Mm. I had a man that said I should do it, a, a male comedian. <laughs> Sometimes they are good for things. Yeah, no, no. I, you know what? Someone should give them a leg up, male I comedians. I know, they have such oh. a hard time. Yeah. Um, so since you've done loads of... Full hour shows at the Edinburgh Fringe in Melbourne, obviously where you're from. How does it? How do you go about writing an hour show? Is it different for you than doing a shorter set? Mm, definitely. So shorter sets, if you're doing like the clubs, I suppose you need to be peppered with like rapid fire jokes, set up punchline, maybe concept stuff or whatever, or routines or short stories with funny punchlines through it. Um, but one hour shows come at me differently because, well. For different Edinburgh shows, I've approached them differently. So one year I wrote this sitcom and staged it with all of my friends who've all gone on to incredible things and living in different countries now. Um, uh, that was about office temping. So that was like true life experiences, lots of sketches about what it's like to be a temp. Um, and then another show was a true story about how once I received an invitation from Prince Charles to go for lunch at the palace with him and Camilla. OMG. That was weird. It was a mistaken identity thing, but genuinely <laughs> happened. So I went, like, you would go, wouldn't you? You'd yes. go, of course you'd go. Oh, God. Uh, wore a Primark dress. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> it was hard times, guys. Did you call it Primarne? Uh, no, I didn't. I called it The King and I, which led to many, many mistaken, uh, yeah, like perplexed-looking people, like families who'd come to see the musical. And they're like, no. She's not singing. No. When does, when does the dancing start? Oh, God. Uh, but whatever. I'll take, I'll take your ticket money, guys. <laughs> You're going to have a lovely hour. Um, but, yeah, so that... I felt compelled by the narrative of the truth of that story. So I wrote the one-hour show knowing how it ended, you know. Yeah, and so for you, does jokes. it normally start from a life experience than each show that you do? No, they're all different. So the, the off, well, I suppose, yeah, Office Temping one was, and then I wrote a true story, like an investigation about what 
the nature of luck is. What is luck? Okay. Because I get told all the time I'm super lucky. Like I win all these crazy things. I've won a car. I've won a <gasps> ski holiday. I've won like unlimited amounts of weird items of clothing, like 500-pound voucher. I won 24 tubes of hair gel in a L'Oreal competition. Like they sent them Whoa. all separately. So every day like a new envelope would arrive. It was crazy. Um, so I wrote a show about that and that was like a series of routines and stuff about luck, but also like an investigation. So I feel like maybe you and I, with regards to that show, are like happy bedfellows there because your science show, um, I think... I investigate. Class- yeah. And like it's, but it's obviously stand-up because that's... Yeah. Who I am I'm a stand-up but I like digging a little deeper and like looking at the philosophy behind stuff mm. and how do you go about writing your material I drink so much coffee <laughs> I delay and delay and delay and then I write it all through the night <laughs> great sounds like an excellent plan see I follow my university method which is that um and because I had I don't know how things are graded here at universities it's a different schooling system but I received h1s which is like the highest award you can for certain essays that I wrote through the night on loads of caffeine I mean I did a a BA we call them first I think yes yeah so that sort of thing so I think in a bad way it affirmed that I can do that and get away with it which is not true it's not true if you're listening you shouldn't do that so what well, happens it's with, worked for you. And then, yeah, I wrote my lucky show through the night a few days before I opened in Melbourne. No previews, <sighs> just I'd previewed little bits of jokes and ideas. And then the press came like four nights into my Melbourne run. And the Age newspaper, which is like the Scotsman all the time, it's like a big broadsheet, they gave me four stars. And I was like, oh, my God, I should just keep doing it like this. <laughs> no, Sarah, when will you learn? I'm going to try this this year. <laughs> and so how does it differ for you doing like the Edinburgh Festival and the Melbourne Festival? Well, there's this thing called sun. Yeah. It's so I've different. heard of it. It definitely. changes everything. Um, I think I saw it when I was on honeymoon, actually. Yeah. It, yes. Glimpses. Oh, my God. Mm. Seriously, I just lost it after your Instagram. The last few weeks I've been like, <laughs> look, it's Amanda Bates holiday. It's so good. Uh, you know, I went to Thailand with my mum uh, and we stayed at a what turned out to be a very romantic honeymooners hotel. Lovely. <laughs> and my mum and I just walking around, people like, oh, that's nice. Where we were staying, I think it was all honeymooners. And there were a few people who weren't there on honeymoon kind of looking around thinking, mm, we yeah. should have looked. That, that was me and my mum. But a few of the honeymooners took us under their wing, which was great. We be- oh. yeah, became friends with this Swiss couple who were like, hey, we're going out for dinner. We're going to go get massages. You want to come? And mum and I were like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, why not? <laughs> um, so, but you've done quite a lot of radio as well, haven't you? Yes, I love radio. How did oh. you get into that? Um, ooh, I, I remember once, many moons ago, someone described radio. Like good radio is like listening to a good friend tell you a story late at night. Like you feel like yeah. you're in their bedroom and you're just chatting. Like Intimate. I love that. Int- I love the intimacy of radio. <laughs> and I've always been into music, weird, alternative, fun, all of it like pop, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I just think it's the best, best medium. I love it. So I've ended up doing a lot of shows on sort of community stations like NTS in Dalston and Triple R in Melbourne. It's a great radio station. And BBC Six Music and XFM uh, that's right. as well. Did a pilot with them. Where is it now, you say? Very good. Let's skim over that. <laughs> no, Lots I love Six Music. Lots of people are still excited yeah. about it. Yeah. And I did a show on Radio 4, which was called Forethought, and I think you should do something for them too. They commissioned me to like write a philosophical story that is humorous obviously but has some sort of meaning behind it like a true story about something that happened to you or whatever but then reveals a moral at the end so I can I wrote something called a scaredy cat's guide to moving abroad 
that's what my piece was. <laughs> like if you want to change your whole life up and move to like New York tomorrow, I can get you there. Yeah, it's online. Oh, wow. You can Google it and listen is it, to it. It sounds like a step-by-step guide. It is. And it's like, uh, okay, so I'll give you my top tip okay. is go to lots of hipster little local cafes yeah. and just people watch and make friends with people there. That's how I developed a network of buddies in my local area. Yeah, but I feel like if you're Australian, you're like really friendly and people will make <laughs> friends with you. And I feel like if you're in London, from London and you're quite British, yeah, people will maybe. be like, who's that snotty girl in the corner yeah. trying to smile at me? Yeah, yeah exactly. She, 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 she seems sinister. Yeah, Why is she I'm smiling? I'm not going to be friends. I've seen all the movies where the British people are evil. I'm not going to be friends with that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, and you say friendly and I say annoying. Yeah. Like it depends how you spin this. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good tip. Yeah. And you're off to Glastonbury Festival. I am. I'm doing to radio do shows. the radio. Yes. It's like a behind-the-scenes Glastonbury show, so you get to meet a few of the bands and a few of the workers and comedians and... Oh, my God, it is absolutely exhausting. Because say the festival goes for like four or five days, yeah. right? And there's music on maybe four of those. Oh, maybe five days. Anyway, the, the people who run the radio station, we need to be on site for 10 days. So that is oh 10 goodness. days. Okay, so I'm sleeping in a tent, but it will be backstage in the lush green grass in a private enclosure, like a little radio compound. There's showers. It's all very nice. But it is still 10 days sleeping under fabric. Yeah. And by the end you have no voice and you sound like you have the consumption. But whatever. I do <laughs> whatever I can for radio. <laughs> the consumption. You love the radio so much. <laughs> I once performed at Latitude acting, not Ooh. comedy, Ooh. and I got chicken pox. At, at Latitude? Yes. What are the chances? So I am um, put off from staying in a tent. I'm so, so sorry. Be, beware of the chicken pot. What if you got him off a kid at Latitude? I feel like I must have. There's a lot but of I kids don't, there. I, don't, I didn't really see or come in contact with any children. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. It is indeed me, Samantha Baines, on Hoxton Radio for Baines Plus One with my Plus One, Sarah Bonetto. Good day. Good day. Now it's time for the Baines news. Sarah, you can do the headlines for me. Yes, I am. Let me start the ba- the newsy music. The global news on Baines Plus One. Say it with strawberries this Valentine's Day. Sleeping with the fishes. Funeral selfie craze to be put to death. On the buses, straight to jail. And say it, don't spray it. Those are the headlines. That is a very newsy voice, Sarah. It's perfect. Thank you, Samantha Baines. Over to you with weather. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> and now back to the news. <laughs> oh, I like you. Um, do you like my weather voice? <laughs> she was good. Uh, any weather reporters from Essex? I don't know where that came from. Anyway, uh, back to the news. Uh, first of all, we've got funeral selfie craze to be put to death. Oh, my goodness. So-called funeral selfies have become so commonplace in Quebec that funeral directors are discussing how best to educate people so that they learn that some families might find it disrespectful. Read their all families. The idea of a funeral selfie first came to light a few years ago when Jason Pfeiffer started collecting images on a Tumblr blog called titled selfies at funerals but those pictures were very much focused on the individual and instead of dead bodies included captions like love my hair today hate why i'm dressed up hashtag funeral 
Sarah. Have you ever taken a selfie at a funeral? Absolutely not. I mean, I did some etchings, but never some, never a selfie. Some etchings? No, I didn't. I was being silly. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, wow, what sort of funeral craze is this? <laughs> I just think what person would be like, this is an okay thing to do, like a selfie with a coffin? Yeah, I mean, there's a few people who do them at the Holocaust Memorial and at Auschwitz. I've yeah. seen those Instagram there's, hashtags. There's oh. been an article recently, hasn't there, with two girls who are like fully smiling, like, yeah, I'm at Auschwitz. And people were like, the no. worst. Yeah. I mean, unless the person who died, I'm talking the funeral selfie ones, um, unless the person who died was really mean and you're like, <laughs> this is me at your funeral. I mean, that'd have to be really mean. Like, it'd have to be like literally Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Even then, I'd still feel like this is a pious occasion. Like, I he know. was a bad man, but let's and just put And you are meant to rest. be celebrating their life. I just. I think I love social media, but there are times when it shouldn't be allowed. I don't think a funeral is one of them. No, I have a new rule with my friends. If we're at the pub or at the dinner table, phones not just face down, but just phones not out. Not away. Unless you're like waiting for an urgent call, which has to be cleared at the start of the meeting, (laughs) like at the start of the coffee, you need to tell me there and I decide yes or no whether that's important enough. Do you think people should do that at funeral's? Sorry, I'm waiting for an urgent call, so I'm just going to keep this on. If your wife's like, you know, nine months pregnant, then yes, I'll allow it. Yeah. But at the funeral, I don't know. Are you a doctor on call? Don't take a picture. No. And also don't have a happy ringtone. (laughs) Joy to the world. (laughs) No. (laughs) Ding dong, the witch is dead. (laughs) No. On the buses straight to jail, a bus driver trapped a thief by shutting his vehicle doors on him. He then drove like that to the police station. (laughs) The man had stolen from one of the passengers on board and was about to get away when the doors snapped shut on his torso. Quite violent. People on the road thought it was an accident and tried to prise the doors open, but passengers inside shouted that they should stop and he was being held on purpose. There's a video and it shows the thief stuck in the doors with his jeans, legs poking out. The unnamed driver diverted from his planned route in the Villa Hermosa neighbourhood of Bogota, Colombia. I tried to say all those words and uh, all those correctly. And he went to the nearest police station instead. Do you think that's good? If you were on the bus, Sarah, would you be annoyed that he diverted to go to the police station? I would quite like that. I would quite like that. I would reroute my whole day's errands just to incorporate that police station visit of awesomeness. Be like, that's... drive, drive. I'd also then maybe like add in a bit of action movie dialogue of my own. Yeah. The driver would probably be like, stop doing that. You're making the situation worse. But I'd be like, the bomb's going to go off if we drop it below 70 miles an hour. Or I think you'd scare people more. Yeah. I'd probably get trapped in the doors. He'd be like, you're next. <laughs> that's where the selfie, isn't it? But yeah. also, I'd feel quite alarmed being trapped in a bus with a criminal. Yeah, probably, because he could do anything. Or she. she. Although he was I think it was a man. He was stuck in the doors, so I guess he couldn't get away. Yeah. I love the ingenuity of the... Do you think he timed it perfectly, the bus driver, to be like yeah, shut now, grab him. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a narrow window for that actually, because you just like... I've seen people, like it just clips the back of them or their bag or... It's like at the fairground when you do the toy grabber and you always miss the toy. I didn't think they'd have that kind of grip bus doors. He's probably great at that game. mm, Oh, I bet he is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I... Uh, I, in a very sort of London way, I might be a bit annoyed that I needed to get somewhere and now I'm off going to a police station, but also excited from the drama. Yeah, I mean, I'd be selfing the crap. I'd be live tweeting it. That's what I'd be doing. I actually would Periscope. be. There's listeners right now who are like, oh, no, Sarah Bonetto would definitely be live tweeting that. She'd love that. Yeah, hashtag um, bus door guy. 
Yeah. Or it become a drama. Yeah. yeah you get loads of new followers. So many new followers. Say it, don't spray it. This is a romantic boyfriend. He was fined £600 for sending a birthday message in three-foot letters painted on the road outside <laughs> their home. David Dallimore, 28. I love that th- articles always say how old people are. Like, he still would have done it if he's yeah. 55 or yeah. 19. Anyway, he was 28. He painted the message, Happy Birthday, Zoe M. from Die to surprise Zoe Miller with an added heart and an X. But the surprise for her birthday backfired because people complained and then officials had to spend £220 cleaning up. This is in West Wales. Danny Moore was confronted by an environmental enforcement officer and a technical assistant and they called it his home and he admitted he painted the message and he had to pay a fixed penalty of £75. Hmm. But he was prosecuted for making unauthorised marks on the highway because he failed to pay. What do you think about that? Do you think that would be romantic? I quite like... I mean, I know it's bad because it's graffitiing, but I would quite like a message on the road outside Imagine. my house. That is such a power move. <laughs> <laughs> my friend proposed to his girlfriend with a kind of... Uh, it was like an illuminated message on a beach and he made her stand on a cliff and look down at nighttime and see it was in red lanterns <gasps> like oh my god nice. marry me Sandra um, but there wasn't enough room so it's just yeah, marry do me it sand in Lan- just kidding <laughs> marry me sand why are you proposing to it's, beach honey actually the comedian Damien Cluck if you know Damo he's oh. wonderful yeah you could do it in lanterns couldn't you yeah that's not rather permanent. than paint Unless you're burning this, you know, the road or whatever. I think that maybe it's a really nice gesture, but maybe they should have just made him clear it up. Yeah, like a bit of nail polish remover, get out there, <laughs> scrubbing, like <laughs> cars trying to get... Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that's right up there with uh, the sort of like Edinburgh poster wars, all the sort of like the crazy anarchic ways people like to promote their shows in Edinburgh. Like people, there was a year where there was this, I don't even think I can say the group's name, well, Let's it was a not. misspelling we'll of the wordest word you, can, word you can say on radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but these guys, their name and the gang, that was what they were called, um, a misspelling of that word. Um, they made stickers and they put them over everyone else's massive billboard posters and stuff, like over your face. So we all got it. You can't complain because you felt like, well, we were all in, it, in this together. But everyone That's wanted to murder because you've paid like hundreds of pounds yeah, out of your tiny indie budget to have a, like a poster up and then they go and stick their stickers on. I will fight them. I'd but hunt I, them down. Yeah, we should. Um, and I think people did, <laughs> to be fair. Them. A few big mighty um, comedy agencies and TV agencies did send them letters. Good. Um, they but, need to know. Yeah, I think, like, in previous years I've thought about, like, chalking the road. Like, but yes. that washes away. That's better. Mm. This guy needs to listen to the show and next year for her birthday just use chalk or lanterns, babe. Yeah, also it's he a just really needs nice to listen gesture. to the show because, because great Samantha Who Banks. doesn't? Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Say it with strawberries this Valentine's Day. That's less permanent. Uh, why not impress that someone special was an individually wrapped strawberry priced at a mere £17? Nestled on a bed of synthetic straw and styrofoam, single fruit is imported fresh by air from Japan, is hand-picked. You can pick this up at Kotoka Strawberry Gift Box at a supermarket in Hong Kong. It's um, 168 Hong Kong dollars. And if it seems like a good deal, obviously you have to get to Hong Kong and back. 
Uh, and if you're not convinced that one strawberry is worth the equivalent of £17, uh, many people agree with you. City Super, the store selling it, have come under fire for what seems like an extremely extravagant and wasteful product. The photo has gone viral in China, with many saying that neither the level of packaging for one fruit nor the price, potentially the most expensive strawberry in the world, is justifiable. So it's hard to say exactly how much a single strawberry would cost in the UK as they're not sold individually. But £2 a punnet, that's an average of 18p per strawberry. So that's quite the markup. Do you like strawberries, Sarah? Love strawberries. Would you pay £17 for one? No, I would not. <laughs> would you pay 18p for one? Yes, I would. Surely you can just recreate that and buy a whole punnet. And then just put it like in a nice box. You know, we should, this This is an oh untapped market. Gosh. We could undercut them and do it ourselves. We've still got like a bit before Valentine's Day. Oh my God. All right. I'll go down to Sainsbury's right now. <laughs> I'll get producer get Kate. The- go to- <laughs> producer Kate's awesome. Go to the, the supermarket. Media. She's going to build us a little Twitter some, account. Yeah. <laughs> what will it be called? At <laughs> Cheaper strawberries. Expensive strawberries. <laughs> oh, expensive strawberries. <laughs> Cheaper than 17 pound strawberries. Um, okay. We'll get that sorted. We'll keep you updated for Valentine's Day if you fancy it. Sleeping with the fishes, a lungfish, known as the oldest aquarium fish in the world, has died. Granddad, as he was known, has been kept at the Shedd Aquarium since 1933. Oh, my days. A decision was taken on Monday to have him put down because he suffered from failing health. He was well into his mid-90s. I didn't know fish could live that long. No, I know turtles can. Like, turtles are going to outlive us all, which I like. We deserve that. But this is just a lungfish. In Australia. Oh, um, he was he was at the Chicago World's Fair and he was seen by more than 104 million people during his time at Chicago. Oh, so he's lived abroad. So he's lived more extensively than us. He's travelled. He's a very worldly fish, I would he's say, wo- before he, you know, passed. And apparently the lungfish is like, it imitates a, a log. Oh, as like a self-preservation thing. Apparently that's what it does. Mm. They can live to more than 100 years old and they are a protected species in Australia. They've existed for more than 400 million years and fossils show they remain unchanged for over 100 million years. Mm. That is... Why did he get put down then? Failing health. If they're a protected species, he must have been, maybe in he was pain. in a lot of pain. Yeah, poor little guy. Poor little, maybe he was a log and they were too embarrassed, <laughs> embarrassed when they found out after like 70 years. Oh, my God. Come and see this fish. And then they were like, oh, gosh, it's, it's a actually a log. We it's all pretend. a conspiracy theory. Yeah, and then they put it down in inverted quotes. What's the Australian version of like the FBI? Um, ASIO. A-S-I-O. It's an acronym for Australian Security... I-O. <laughs> I don't know what the I-O is. Organisation, probably. You sounded really like you knew. And oh, I was really going. organisation. Okay, there that, we go. Yeah. You do know. ASIO. Okay, well, you. we're on to you guys. I might be working with ASIO right now. You don't know. I could be on an un- undercover sting, Samantha Baines. I'm going to quiz her. I'll waterboard you with tea and oh, no board. I'm going to break straight away. Make you drink it. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Hoxton Radio. Stay tuned. Baines Plus One. It's Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and... Sarah Bonetto. Good day. Good day. That that might be my catchphrase on your show, I think. Yeah, good day. Mm. Have a great day. Um, That was my Australian. So we're going to try a new section, Sarah. Mm, Exciting. You are the guinea pig. Great. I'm excited. I haven't told you anything about it, have I? No. And I've listened to your show before, so So, I'm not prepped for this. Mm. Here we go. See what happens. Live radio, guys. So the show is obviously called Baines Plus One. 
and you're my plus one today, Sarah. But I want to find out who your plus one would be to various events and why. So, Sarah Bonetto, which celeb and why would you bring them to the following events? Okay. The Golden Globes. Golden Globes. Um... I think someone like Amy Poehler because she'd be Ooh. fun and sassy and like, you know, um, I don't know, like, we're independent women. Yeah. And also she's had experience going to those award things so yeah. she could tell you where to stand. Have yes, you been exactly. to one before? She'd make me look good. Uh, nothing like the Golden Globes. So, yeah, let's yeah let's say Amy Poehler. Awesome. Tough Mudder. Tough Mudder. What <laughs> celebrity would you bring? <laughs> I'm, I'm so unfit, but I do like getting messy. So, <laughs> like, okay. I think I would have to take... Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. uh, in his heyday um, mm. because he'd be super buffed and he can drag me on a sled through the mud. <laughs> or just carry <laughs> Come you. on, Sarah, we can do it. And I'd be like, just pull me. Oh, come on. That's the spirit. We're nearly there. Oh, but he is very competitive because he used to be a bodybuilder. So he might just leave you. He might leave me. And be like, I'll be back. No, but I would challenge him. I would like play into his competitive macho psyche and I would say, you know what, Arnold, how much cooler would it be if we won this as a team with you dragging me? Imagine how like we'd be heroes if you also dragged me and we still won it oh my god yes you're totally right Sarah let's go <laughs> mush mush would he say mush mush I don't know I think this section was worth it just for your Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> impersonation it's not a tumor that's from kindergarten top that is from kindergarten top <laughs> that's amazing um, okay who would your plus one be to a murder mystery dinner party Ooh, okay murder you have to be good party. at investigating enjoy dressing up oh Wow. Okay. It can be a fictional character. Um, okay. Well, I think it should be Satan. Wow. Okay. Because I feel like Satan would be a snappy dresser. Oh, I know. No. A vampire. You can see where I'm going with this. Vaguely on the same spectrum. Vampire okay. Satan. Um, snappy dresser. Um, also very alluring at the dinner table. Would like drink from a goblet. Everyone would be like so digging on it. And they would also be looking at this vampire going, is this your character? Or is this for real, which yeah. I know is for real. So also, if anyone was like getting, like narrowing down suspects and they had me pegged, I would just get the vampire to kill them. Great. Yeah. yeah. Would And would it just be like a real life vampire or would it be Johnny Depp playing a vampire in a Tim Burton movie? I think uh, nowadays, with recent allegations, I would prefer a real life vampire. Okay. Thank you. Great. Um, who would you bring to a child's first birthday party? Oh, a child's first birthday party. Um, oh, okay. Here's a little mini promo for my friend James Rowland because he is like a theatre maker slash comic person. I wouldn't say stand-up, but he's got this incredible new Edinburgh show called 100 Words for Love and last year he did a show called Team Viking. I flat-shared with him in Edinburgh and he's like the most full of the energy of the sun kind of person I've ever met. He's like bouncy and energetic and smart and kind and I think kids really respond to that. So I would take him. He's also got a crazy ginger beard which I think people, children would respond very well. Yeah. So that guy, but there, there you go. I've done a little promo for my friend's show. James Rowland, look him up. Say hi. And finally, which celebrity would you bring to one of your own gigs? Oh, my days. Joan Collins for Shawzies. She would sit in the VIP box, glaring at everybody, drinking champers and nothing but the best. The other night, by the way, at the um, after party, I don't know why I bring it up again. Stop bringing it up. Let's keep talking <gasps> oh about Joan God. Collins forever. Um, it was great because I thought it was like Prosecco at the free bar. No, 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 no. It's Joan Collins' party. So it was champers, proper top of the line. Do you think she Champagne. laughs? 
She kind of had like a, a benign smile, like a Mona Lisa. Yeah. Like sort of that she very laugh out aggressive loud? British thing. Like if you told a really funny joke, she, I imagine her response would be, oh, very good. Yes. Darling. She would smile. Vocal. You're like, I think she wants to kill me. This is so awesome. You'd be happy to be killed by Joan Collins. I, mean, I imagine she'd just sit in a corner at the back of your gig wearing fur. Yes. Yes. And I'm hoping it was faux fur so I can love her more, but whatever. I, I mean, of course it's not. It's Joan. I think it's real. It's Joan. Um, also, so we spoke to your friend to ask about her smell. Yes, we did. So Pascal, Very we quickly, may as well promote him too. So Pascal is a French actor. Um, I've seen a photo, a very dishy French actor. He may well be. This is my poker face. Hot now. Viking. <laughs> That's all that, I'm saying. Hot yeah, Viking. Like, yeah, so we've talked about musical genres. Um, and yeah, Danceable Misery, uh, Get Smashed and um, Dance, uh, Lose Control. And then also his genre would be Hot Viking. So that's his genre. Anyway, <laughs> move that. on. How does she smell? She smells, he says, like a world of opportunity. <laughs> wow. And he did have some scenes in close proximity, so he would know. That is the smell of Joan Collins. You're listening to Hoxton Radio. Bane plus one. Poem of the week. It is time for Poem of the Week on Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and the lovely Sarah Bonetto. Now, Sarah, you have written us a poem. I'm very excited. I have, uh, per your request. Now, I've entitled this poem, My Thailand Holiday, in brackets, It's Not a Competition. Because <laughs> I know also... you went to Thailand and I went with my mum, but I was like, hey, our holidays were just as good as each other's. And I've also written my poem about Thailand, so Ooh, it's going to be great. But it's not a competition. Do you want to go first? <laughs> uh, sure. Okay, my Thailand holidays, it's not a competition. I saw your holiday pics, Sam, sun, sea, romance and sand. It's a half rhyme, but whatever. Um, But I also, I'm an English grad and I had to point that out. I love how I'm like, ruin the poem by explaining, whatever. But I also went to Thailand with my beloved ma'am. We also had dinner on the beach with lanterns alongside us, uh, wandered colourful nighttime markets, then got trapped... Oh, then a tropical storm engulfed us. My mum and I were surrounded by honeymooners, but we had just as great a time with long walks, snorkelling in the great blue, and then I haven't written the last line, but I thought I'd improvise it. It's got to rhyme with honeymooners, doesn't it? Oh, like you. There we go. Um, (laughs) Snorkelling in the great blue. I... But I didn't have a ring on my finger, but I had a lovely mum next to me. Something, something. Hooroo. Gazing at the bright blue sea. Gazing at the bright blue. Beautiful. I like how we improv that together. We workshop. I'm really enjoying it because you've done a lot of improv, so it's great. really came across. I'm going to pitch that as like, you know how like obviously – you know, it helps to have a rhyming poem. Yeah. Well, I'd like to say that the next level above that is it doesn't rhyme. So towards the end there, I got mm. actually more highbrow. Yeah, it was like <laughs> co- you coax people in with the rhymes. Like, yeah. this is just a rhyming poem. And then you were like, no, actually, it's something a lot more. Yeah. And like towards the end, they're like, hey, in that last stanza, it appeared that she just lost her way and talked around the topic. Yes, it might appear like that if you didn't understand poetry. Yeah. Actually, there was a moral there. Yeah, and yep. it was quite poignant. That's cute. Yeah, um, mine just rhymes. Uh, this is <laughs> called "Honeymoon Bottoms and Bugs." Mm. Here we go. Honeymoon sounds like an instruction for bearing your bottom by way of introduction. It's not exactly a great first impression, so I do 
have a confession. It's not quite what I did on my honeymoon for nudist discussions. It's just too soon. But we did go to Thailand and lie down a lot. And I was in a bikini, so my bottom was not fully covered at all times. Who knew I'd write a poem about my bottom that rhymes? Anyway, (laughs) we had an absolutely wonderful trip. There were lots of alcoholic cocktails to sip, sunsets and beaches and dips in the sea, sunburn and markets and curries aplenty. We watched Thai kickboxing, which seems a little rough. They do look so young and my gosh, they're tough. We saw a rather dangerous fire show. No one minds if they drop it. They just go with the flow. (laughs) It's actually some bar staff that performs entirely there are no health and safety forms. That same night, the biggest bug you've ever seen landed in my cocktail and was rather keen to finish it off. My Mai Tai was no more. That bug will be pissed rolling around on the floor. It also owes me £2.50, which is 100 baht, but I didn't get to tell it that before we had to depart. So all in all, a successful holiday, and now I'm suing a bug to make him pay. (laughs) That's my poem of the week. That was fantastic. There you go. Rhymes. Mm. Silly rhymes. Um, Those are Poems of the Week. Poem of the Week. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. Oh, Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and Sarah Benetto. That's my plus one. It's been lovely having you in. Thank you so much. We've had such good chats in between songs that haven't been broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sars Industry gossip. Um, But we've also had good chats on air, which people can listen to. That were non libelous, which is great. Um, (laughs) I made sure the microphones were off when we were chatting in between. (laughs) Sometimes I jump in when the mic is on, though. (laughs) Hello, I get too excited. It's fun. I like the enthusiasm. Mm. Um, if, If you've just tuned in and you've missed the whole show, and all of Sarah's amazing stories and uh, our interviews and our poems, uh, don't worry because it will go up as a podcast on iTunes so you can listen at Baines Plus One. Just pop that into iTunes, click subscribe and you can hear all the podcasts and listen again and again and again. I heard the one with Luke Malloy from Pickle Boy Comedy Club and it was hilarious and he made you eat a pickled egg. Which was horrific. (laughs) We made great radio though. (laughs) Sarah, where can we come and see you and find you on the internet? Well, depends if you're listening to this live or later, but on Wednesday the 15th of February 2017, for those who are listening in 2020, um, (laughs) uh, we are doing the last of our winter series of shows upstairs at the Prince of Wales in Brixton. It's called Brixtania and it's a winter wonderland uh, theatre. It's gorgeous. You have to walk through a wardrobe to get into it. Seriously, it's incredible. Uh, It's £10 a ticket and it's called Storytellers Club and it's me, John Finneymore, John Pointing and Eleanor Tiernan telling live true stories and it's going to be so good. And it's the day after Valentine's Day, so it's anti-Valentine's Day. Great. Yeah, that's going to be good. Um, And I'm doing... I hear um, amazing things about this as well. People are always talking about it, so do definitely check it out if you're around in the Um, Brixton area. Love to have you. And then also I'm doing... Storytellers Club at MacFest in Wales in April Um, and also my solo show from a couple of years ago, my favourite thing I ever did. It's called Sarah Benetto's Funeral and I staged my own funeral live on stage because I didn't want my mum to do it. So I staged (laughs) it myself, complete with like sad eulogies and like music. Do you take a selfie? Uh, do I take a selfie? No, like my that God. person That's so great. News. No, but my audience all do. Okay. <laughs> They're so great. rude, so disrespectful. Maybe you started the craze. Yeah, I think I might have. Uh oh, that's my fault. So yeah, that's MacFest in April. You can look them up on Twitter. But actually, before that, look me up. 
Yes. On Twitter, at Sarah Bonetto and Instagram. I'm there taking photos of food. And Sarah with a H. With an H, that's right. Now, I have a photo essay on Instagram that I'm doing. It's called hashtag snacks writer because I believe people just wouldn't mind knowing what comedians get given for food backstage at a gig. Yes. And so if I'm doing your comedy club, I always take a photo. If it's like a single glass of water, fine. If it's a a Kit Kat or a whole spread... Oh, my God, Pickle Boy. They were the club that started this. It was the most incredible spread. I was like, guys, you could probably just pay people more. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it was also very good. Was but it mainly pickled onions? There were pickled eggs. There oh, were, pickled eggs. I think there were pickled onions as well. I do like a pickled onion. Doritos and dips and pitters and hot food. So and- what's the best thing you've ever eaten backstage? Um, that's been given. Oh, my God. I had a three-course meal at a stately <gasps> manor in Tring when I did Ben Morehouse's gig. So, hi, Ben, if you're listening. Thank you so much. Like, the, the I'm available, Ben. <laughs> yes. Samantha Baines, get her for your your upcoming festival. <laughs> Why am I promoting his festival? Uh, I don't, no, no, promote your own gig. Storytellers yeah. Club, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've had anything that exciting backstage. I've had lots of alcohol. Yeah, lots of alcohol. That's mm. a thing. Like, I'm trying to not drink as much alcohol at the moment. It's a problem. Because I believe there's an unwritten law, and that is, if it's free, you have to drink. Do you think that's a problem as well with being a comedian? Because sometimes, yeah, you get offered a drink, and you're like, mm, I might as well. Because it's part of my fee, in a way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll make me funnier to me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But do yeah. you drink before you go on stage? Because some people really Ooh, yeah, there's rules don't. Up there. Yeah, my personal rule is one's probably about right. But if it's a new material night and all my mates are there, and it's like pretty loose and fun and upbeat night, you know, I think I've uh, had a couple. But sometimes not none at all. Yeah, no hard and fast rule. What about you? I well, for a long time everyone was like, don't drink before you go on stage. But I just used to if I wanted to. Yeah. I have drunk. You do you? I have had like three beers before going on stage, and that was a strange show. Yeah, I like, think in Edinburgh, a point where it's like, oh, oh Edinburgh. Because some the shows are so late, like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like Latitude Festival and End of the Road, those sort of music festivals, different rules apply. Like yeah. professional and timely, obviously, and funny, hopefully. But <laughs> if the audience is a little tipsy, then I believe the performers can be too. Yeah, you're just sort of relating to your audience by yeah, sure. getting into the same state that they are. I believe so. That's what I should say as well. I need to promote... End of the Road Festival. Yes. Share a studio pretty much two doors down from you here at Hackney Downs. Um, they announced their first wave of bands. Not even all the headliners yet. This is just who we can announce. They announced them yesterday. Father John Misty, Mac DeMarco, Perfume Genius, Jesus and Mary Chain. What? Lemon Twigs. They're like tiny kids that throw themselves and jump up on speaker stacks. They're Lemon amazing. Twigs. Sounds yeah. awesome. I can't wait to see them. Let's definitely check that out. That's End of the Road Festival. Mm. Whoop, whoop. Sarah Benesso, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Samantha Baines. I've had amazing. a great time. And I will tune in next week. Who have you got? Please do. Well, it's a mystery. Ooh, that is tantalising. Also because we're not quite sure yet. But <laughs> we'll be back next Thursday, 12 till 2. Keep it Hoxter Radio. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio and the podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info. Don't forget you could follow me on social medias at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines on Facebook. Please subscribe and leave us a nice review.